The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Continuing the reflection on the seven factors of awakening today. And we've, we've, we've been doing this in the context of the instructions in the Satipatthana Sutta, in the Buddha's, in, in the Sutta that describes the instructions for mindfulness medi- meditation. And we could say these are the Buddha's instructions on how to attend to our experience and I think it's mostly the how, the ways to attend to experience. I might have mentioned this recently, but the um, I, the Satipatthana the Satipatthana Sutta can be understood both as encouragement to look at various particular aspects of our experience, to kind of direct the attention to body feelings attitudes in the mind, and particular areas of experience that are related to the Dharma teachings, including the seven factors of awakening. And so we could look at these instructions on the seven factors of awakening to be check in, see, you know, kind of look for or uh, attune to uh, whether these factors of awakening are available, mindfulness, investigation, energy, rapture, tranquility, concentration, and equanimity. I kind of check in or kind of hold that as a, as a frame of reference for our practice and, and kind of look at what, whether they're present, whether they're absent, how they come into being, and how they stabilize or come to fulfillment, as the sutta says. And the, um, the instructions in the, the four foundations of mindfulness can be understood more as a receptive indication, like here's how to attend to something when it, is, it, when it becomes obvious. So at times, perhaps certain aspects of these seven factors might become clear, become obvious. The factor of mindfulness itself might become quite uh, interesting. It's like, wow, this is what it's like to be aware. And then the encouragement to, here's how to pay attention to it. Notice its presence. Notice when it fades away. Notice its absence. Notice how it comes to be, what what stabilizes it, what supports it. So the Satipatthana Sutta, with all of the instructions, can be understood in this way, either as choosing areas or fields of attention or as how to attend when those areas become clear or become obvious. So there's both. There's both there in in this sutta. And at times it can be useful to take some time to, for instance, especially with something like the seven factors of awakening, to familiarize yourself with these qualities. Because they do arise as we practice. We um, these simple instructions that really uh, set the stage for our practice, which I kind of reviewed in a way in the guided meditation. Notice what's happening in the present moment with a relaxed, interested, allowing attention. 
And as we notice what's happening in the present moment, we might be kind of more inclined to notice the what of our experience, like notice the body sensations, the breath, sounds happening or moods or emotions happening. We might be that that might be where our attention is on those experiences. And this um, instruction around the seven factors of awakening is is inclining us or encouraging us to begin to get familiar with what happens in our mind as we do that, as we stabilize the attention, as we pay attention to the breath, for example, mindfulness begins to stabilize. The quality of interest and investigation becomes stronger. Energy stabilizes. We may experience the quality of delight or joy of the paying attention. And so these areas, uh, these, these kind of aspects of our experience may not be what we're used to, to recognizing. Our, our culture in particular, I think the Western culture tends to emphasize the what we are paying attention to more than how we are with it. And so this, uh, this instruction around the seven factors of awakening is really an encouragement to check in on what happens to us as we meditate. What happens in our mind? How does it get shaped? How does the mind get shaped as we bring this kind of attention to our experience? And initially, that may not be our our kind of orientation, but as the mindfulness becomes a little stronger, we can begin to get interested in the quality of mindfulness, the quality of investigation, the quality of energy, the quality of delight, of joy, of the mind tranquilizing, of stabilizing, the quality of concentration and the quality of equanimity. So the first three factors of awakening, mindfulness, investigation, and energy, these three are really, I think I mentioned this last time too, last time I was here at least, um, uh, that these three are really the the foundation for the shaping of skillful practice. So the mindfulness itself, that quality of being aware of what's here, and then bringing a kind of, we can incline towards the sense of being interested, curious about experience from a particular perspective. So we could be interested in what's here in order to, you know, do something or get something um, to, uh, increase our sense of self-worth or something like that. So, so the, the way we pay attention is important. So this quality of investigation is around what's helpful, what's helpful for moving us in the direction of freedom from suffering and what's, um, so we get familiar with what's helpful and what's not helpful there. So as we engage in that way, curious about experience as experience in the present moment, the energy stabilizes. There's a kind of the development of the quality or the, the we make the effort to be present with our experience and it, uh, the energy connected with the practice the energy towards the practice begins to gain some momentum. 
And that's the stabilization of the factor of awakening of energy. We talked about that the last time I was here a little bit. So these three are really maybe the ones we engage with as activity. We can do in a way. We can remember to engage with mindfulness and investigation, interest, and effort. The remaining four factors of awakening are much more the results of that establishment. So rapture, a quality of interest and um, the quality of like uh, joy, delight, and interest. It's, it's sometimes called rapt interest. Now, this is not the, the interest of the investigation. That can be more kind of a, de- a deliberate kind of looking at or curious about something. You know, what is that thing? The, 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 um, the interest connected with rapture is much more um, in its own um, momentum. It has a quality often of joy, of delight, often comes with some physical kind of sensations. This happens as mindfulness and concentration become established. There's a continuity of mindfulness that creates the conditions for concentration. So really I'd like to kind of talk about the next three together. Uh, today. I want to talk about three factors of awakening together today because they're, they're, they're so connected. The next three are, are rapture, tranquility, and concentration. And these first three, mindfulness, investigation, and energy, create the conditions or stabilize the mind so that concentration unfolds. We don't make concentration happen. We engage with mindfulness with a a kind of a inclining towards moment after moment being aware, being present with what's here. And that creates the container in which concentration arises. And concentration comes with some other qualities of mind, including rapture, and tranquility. So these three kind of come together and yet there is a reason in a way for the ordering that they are put in the in the um, seven factors of awakening. So just to explore these three together a little bit. So as I said that these uh, these three rapture, tranquility, concentration are result of Stabilizing the attention in the present moment. There's different flavors of concentration, we could say. Um, Sometimes, and I think a lot of what we think about when we, even the word concentration, you know, when the word concentration comes into our mind, we often think of focus. Looking at one thing in particular, you know, 
I was really concentrated. I just was knowing that thing. And like, I didn't even hear the bell ring or I didn't hear my, this person talking to me. It's kind of like the, the attention can get absorbed into something. That is a form of concentration. And, and there is a skillful way to develop that absorbed concentration in the meditation practice with relaxation and curiosity about a particular experience, like the breath, for instance. We might settle back, relax, receive the sensations of the breath. Anytime the attention goes someplace else, we just gently remind ourselves, cultivating this right now, and let go of that and come back to the breath. And so that cultivates that more focused kind of attention. And, it, and the, we could say in a way that the definition of concentration is this stability of mindfulness. And in this case, the stability of mindfulness is with a particular experience, the breath. So that, that is one way that the concentration kind of stabilizes, is with that focus. Another way that mindfulness that concentration happens is a stabilization of mindfulness, not with a particular experience, but just aware moment after moment, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. And it may be different things happening that the attention is connecting to in each moment. Maybe for a few moments, it's, it's attending to the breath, and then there's a sound, and the attention kind of naturally connects with the sound. And then there's another body sensation, uh, a feeling in the body of the, of the vibration or heat or coolness of pulsing or tingling. And then there's a, an, a, a kind of a thought in the mind that, that the awareness knows. So this kind of mindfulness more the kind of receptive attention that I was pointing to early in the, in the guided meditation, just receiving what's here. The concentration in this um, mode of practice is not the stabilizing of the attention on one object, but the stabilizing of the awareness so that it's aware of each moment of experience and not pulled out into thought. Not lo- well, there could even be thought there, but not pulled out into or pulled away from being aware. So in each moment, there is awareness, but changing experience for a little while with a sensation and a little while with a, a, a mood in the mind and emotion. Then another body sensation may be connected to that emotion aware of all of that. The, um, so the definition, we could say, the definition of concentration is this, this um, stabilizing of mindfulness over time. And the, um, whether it's with a particular experience or with changing experience, it, it really is that stabilizing of mindfulness. And so that comes about through bringing interested, allowing, relaxed attention, those first three, that stabilization of mindfulness comes about through those first three factors of awakening. What happens as the mindfulness stabilizes, whether with a particular experience or in this 
what we'll call moment-to-moment concentration. The commentaries speak of, um, in the Pali, a term kanika samadhi, which means momentary concentration. So in a moment, the next moment, the next moment, there is the awareness. It doesn't have to be the same object, the same experience, moment after moment. As the um, mindfulness is more continuously present, what happens there is that the, um, the reactivity in our mind the way we want things to happen, the kind of being pushed or pulled around by experience, the kind of like, oh, I like that, I got to have more of that, the mind getting kind of pulled out into the reactivity of that, the, that's a bad, that's a, that's a really unpleasant experience, I don't like it, the emotions that may follow there, and getting lost in those. Again, it's the getting lost that, that, um, disrupts the concentration, not the experiences themselves. It might be that that what's happening is that there's, you know, there's an unpleasant experience and then there's the noticing of, oh, a kind of a response to that. When there's awareness to it, when there's awareness there, there's still that stabilizing of the concentration. And what happens as the more that stabilizes is that the hindrances to being present Sense desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and doubt, those hindrances begin to weaken. There's no, there's kind of like there's no room for them to come in because the mind is here moment after moment. And as that happens, as the hindrances begin to fade, we're living in a different mind. It's, uh, it's quite a different experience to get the taste of a mind that has let go of those habitually kind of almost reactive states. As those hindrances begin to fall away, it feels pretty good. And that, that good feeling that comes with the kind of the settling of the hindrances, that's rapture. That's this this fourth factor of awakening, the beginning of the mind that is just recognizing the delight of being present with what is without reactivity. It has some qualities to it. Sometimes it, uh, you know, especially early on in our practice, when we first touch into this, the, the hindrances falling away, it can be really kind of strong, you know, like, wow, this feels really good. Uh, that, so there can be a lot of like energetic, like delight rising in the body, tingling. Um, uh, the mood in the mind is just elated. It can kind of have that quality of just expansiveness and joy. It can feel joyful. Uh, and it's like, wow, this is really interesting. <laughs> you know, this, this mind without these things going on, these hindrances, this is really interesting. So it's, it very naturally begins to carry the momentum of the, uh, of the practice this joy, this delight. It's, it's like, I mean, sometimes at this point we do get attached to the joy. I mean, we, but, but, 
these seven factors of awakening are not immune from craving, uh, from the kind of sense of, oh, I'm doing it right. Oh, I figured it out. Wow, this is really great. And, you know, that, of course that will happen. And we just need to notice that. And often what happens as we begin to cling to it, it's like, oh, this feels good. It kind of dampens the feeling. So we learn something about how how clinging affects those wholesome states then. You know, it kind of puts a damper on them. So without that that clinging, the uh the those these wholesome states, the, the rapture can flourish. So there's different I mean sometimes the rapture can be quite strong and quite energetic, energizing in the body at the beginning especially, and um, as the concentration strengthens at times, the energy can get stronger. Um, so sometimes it, it can feel really kind of light, delight, like really light kind of tingling quality. Sometimes it has a stronger feeling of, of like almost sparking. Um, sometimes it can almost feel like electric shocks or something like that, just like, being zapped or something can also have a quality of like waves of pleasure kind of just like waves kind of crashing through your body and it can also have a much simpler kind of pervading uh, feeling of being uplifted one of my teachers as I was practicing um, I was practicing concentration I was kind of looking for kind of attuned to the quality of rapture and I got familiar with certain flavors of it. And then at one point it was kind of like, I don't see the rapture. And he said, well, you know, rapture can sometimes be so quiet that it's almost not visible. So, you know, don't worry about it, basically. So it's got so many different flavors to it, different qualities to this, this kind of rapture. So partly this description, um, and again, I'm going to talk about this, these, these three rapture, tranquility, concentration, hopefully in the next 20 minutes, get through all three of these. And, um, we'll revisit concentration, um, as in the future weeks because, um, we're going through mind, the, the fourth foundation right now. We're going through right mindfulness, going through the Satipatthana Sutta, and in the Eightfold Path, the next factor is is right concentration. So we will revisit concentration in, in a few weeks. So this is just a, 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 an introduction, kind of a basic introduction. But it is useful in terms of the Satipatthana Sutta, the encouragement with these factors of awakening is to notice when they're present and notice when they're absent. Notice how they come to be and notice what brings them to fulfillment. And so, you know, a, a little bit of familiarity with the like this description of what this rapture is you know you might notice it it again we we are often so focused on the object that we may not notice some of this quality of delight in the mind and so this is encouragement to be curious about what's happening in our what is the experience happening connected with the meditation how is you know so what's happening there so getting familiar with the delight and so some of these descriptions may just support your recognition of this quality. Some of you maybe recognize it after the fact almost. Oh, yeah, I've experienced something like that. I had that experience. I had first experienced this kind of 
what's called showering rapture, these waves of like just deep, deep happiness, just deep joy. And I was like, had no idea what it was. And then I heard a Dharma talk like some, uh, you know, about eight months later. It's like, oh, that's what that was. So it was such a stunning experience. I remember telling the person I was with, wow, I'm really happy. And, the, and my friend said, wow, I'm happy too. I was like, no, no, I'm really happy. <laughs> this is really, really different. It was happening in daily life even, which was kind of unusual. So anyway, so just describing this can kind of lead us to be able to recognize these wholesome qualities in the mind. So the energetic quality of rapture, you know, there's, there's often a bodily energy coming through the body. Um, as we stabilize, as the, as the concentration stabilizes, sometimes the mind begins to feel or to sense that there's something a little quieter possible. The mind kind of begins to gravitate towards quietness in a way. And so the energetic component of the rapture begins to, there begins to be a kind of a movement towards tranquilizing that or quieting it or calming that. Michelle McDonald gave a great analogy for um, um, rapture. I mean, I mean, tranquility, kind of following from rapture. Um, you know, she said that that kind of calm is, it's kind of like, if you're in a room, and right now my refrigerator is running, I can hear the kind of hum in the background. And it's not particularly disturbing. It's not particularly like driving me nuts or anything, but there's just a kind of awareness of this hum. At some point, the refrigerator will go off. And often that moment when the refrigerator goes off, we notice it. It's almost like we don't necessarily notice it while it's running, but we notice it when it goes off. And she said, that's kind of like what happens with tranquility. There's this kind of energetic sense, uh, there's a sense of energy. So this is maybe the first times we recognize it. You know, we recognize it when in contrast to the energy of the rapture, it, it arises or it strengthens and there's the quietude in the mind. So when the refrigerator goes off and the hum is gone, there's that recognition of, oh, I didn't know that kind of sense of subtle energy or agitation or something like that was there. But now I know it's not there. So we have that feeling of the of the kind of release of of quietude of of the quietness in the mind. Now, the two different kinds of concentration can have different flavors of this tranquility, and this is important because we we may um, let's see we may we may kind of have an idea again about what tranquility means. And the first flavor or sense of tranquility that we may touch into can come with a more focused kind of attention. And that kind of tranquility is both really, there's a lot of stillness, both in the 
what we're paying attention to, the object of our attention, and in the mind. So both, so that the whole experience gets really quiet in the focused kind of concentration. In fact, even if you're paying attention to something, something like the breath, what often happens as the mindfulness gets more, as the concentration stabilizes more and the mindfulness stabilizes and the, the um, tranquility begins to arise, even the sensations of breathing get more quiet. So the object kind of stabilizes. It's, it's, there's less kind of sense of, of a lot of change in the, in the object. It's much quieter. So that's one form of tranquility. In the moment-to-moment concentration, the tranquility is really in the awareness. The objects, the objects are not tranquil. But that doesn't matter. The mind feels that the spaciousness and the ease and the quietude, it's kind of like the, the sense of, it really does perhaps one flavor of this is that real receptive quality of there's a relaxed, settled back. It doesn't even feel like the mind is going out to the objects. It's like the awareness is still. And the objects are just coming up inside the awareness. So the, the, the quality of tranquility with the moment-to-moment concentration feels very different because the objects are changing. So that's, that's an important distinction to kind of attune to. And, to, and when that, there's that moment-to-moment concentration, we can feel like, Wow, the the mind is really busy. Well, the objects are coming and going. There is activity in the mind, but the the there's there can be very little sense of doing. It's like the awareness is doing all the work. I'm not doing anything, and that awareness very natural. It's like a mirror, the kind of the quietude of a mirror. The mirror, the function of the mirror. It's just this simple thing. It's this reflective thing. The mirror can be tranquil, whether there's a lot of activity in front of it or whether it's just the blank wall that it's reflecting. So that the, there's, the, there's kind of the sense if you kind of resonate with the, the reflecting quality of the mirror. That's the quiet. That's the quiet. The mirror is just happy to reflect whatever's there. It's not affected by what's reflected there. It, it, it's not that the, the reflecting quality changes based on what's reflected. So that's the kind of sense of tranquility. The very, the sense of the awareness being quiet and just like available to receive and, and know what's here. The more tranquil that awareness, the more it sees. And the concentration becomes established. The quality in the mind of the that stability, that interest, and that um, receptiveness, that kind of that tranquility. Again, whether it's focused or moment to moment, these qualities 
in the mind, the stabilization. I think really the stabilizing piece is what we what we experience as the concentration. And again, with with um, the moment to moment concentration, the stable the stability is that the awareness keeps being here and not pulled out based on what's arising. In some ways, the the moment to moment concentration can be more challenging. It, it, I mean, it depends. It's it's different for different people. But there's so much going on in the moment-to-moment concentration that some little memory or thought can arise that can be very easy to kind of hook us and pull us out into forgetting the mindfulness. And so as the as the mindfulness becomes more stable, it's no longer hooked and pulled out. So that's that's the sense of the concentration. The, the stability of, so these are, this is the third, the, 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 the sixth factor of awakening, um, the concentration. Um, another interest or piece that I think is worth highlighting about the difference between the focused concentration and the moment to moment concentration is in the focused concentration, it kind of develops over time with attending to one experience. And there's a way that sometimes with that kind of attention, the mind can absorb into that ex- the experience of the, of the, um, the object, the, ex- you know, the breath or whatever it is. And the, uh, the concentration can stabilize for some time. That can also happen with the moment-to-moment concentration, a stabilization over time. But I think what, what we, we experience or our ideas about concentration, and here I'm just trying to kind of shake up some of the agendas, the ideas, the habits we might have about the meditation itself. So with... Um, with concentration, I think we often think it comes about after a lot of practice, a lot of effort and work, and then it stabilizes for a while. And that can happen. That definitely can happen both in both sides with the focused concentration and the moment-to-moment concentration. Um, it, it tends to be that kind of stability of you know, being with the breath or being in the, you know, the state of um, that stable, really quiet experience that we think of as concentration. We think it takes a lot of work to get there and that it lasts for a long time. And hearing that this kind of concentration is um, kind of needed to see things clearly in, in some of the teachings, this kind of establishment of concentration is the is the prior condition for seeing things as they are, you know, seeing, understanding, seeing the truths of impermanent, unreliable, not self. So that we have this idea of got to work for a long time, get to this concentration, and then I'll be able to see things as they are. So we think of the concentration as something that has to last for a long time. 
with the moment-to-moment concentration, one thing that I have experienced myself is that with the work that we do to recognize, here's a moment of experience, here's a moment of experience, here's a moment of experience, and in particular for me, recognizing the moment that mindfulness returns, that moment that mindfulness comes back, even especially in daily life, just noticing, oh, there's mindfulness, and what's here? Sometimes as we get really familiar with that um, experience of mindfulness returning, we're right there as it returns, and there's no judgment, no sense of it being a problem that the mindfulness was lost a few moments before. We are right here as the mindfulness arises. And my experience in that moment is that there's kind of there can be what I'll call a burst of continuity, a burst of, it can be two seconds. It's not like, you know, really stabilized, but a burst of two seconds where the mind is just right there, moment after moment, really moment after moment for those two seconds. And in that re-arising of mindfulness, sometimes very clearly, there can be the insight into impermanent unreliable, not self. So it does take kind of over the course of our practice, the interest, the inclination to establish mindfulness. But we don't have to have the idea that it takes a week-long or a two-week-long or a three-month-long meditation retreat to establish enough mindfulness to have an insight. The, the, The... the kind of concentration that is this factor of awakening can arise in a split second and be available to deeply let us see into the nature of how our minds create suffering, how our minds can free themselves from suffering. And this can happen in daily life. So I wanted to bring that piece in because of the ideas we have about even the word concentration. I think even stability, you know, stability of awareness, it has a sense of something that's going on for a long time. I don't know quite what, you know, a, a, a word would be that would evoke evoke this. Um, composed, maybe something, just a mind can be composed for a few moments, gathering what one of the, um, somebody put in the chat, gathering, just collected. The mind can be collected for a few moments and see something very clearly. So we have a few minutes if there's any comments or reflections about what I've shared. Kate. Oh, wait, I have to have to set the unmuting. Okay, you should be able to unmute yourself. Yeah, thanks. Um, yes, um, I just wanted to ask, I find... Um, 
in my practice, I tend to use the breath as my primary kind of anchor. But then if something comes up in, in the mind that is strong, I will kind of bring attention to that. And then and then and then when that fades, kind of return to the breath. So it's kind of a bit of a mixture of of the two. Yes, yes. And that's a that's a that's a form of practice that is often taught that's really the what the Mahasi approach does, you know, that you stabilize, you allow there to be an object that's of preference, but it's not held to so tightly that you don't that you ignore the other experiences. That when some when the attention is drawn to something, the um uh the mindfulness takes that in. Usually the instructions are when, when, while it's strong. As it fades, then we tend to prefer back to the breath. So it does, it does mix, it does mix the two kind of approaches. And it's a very useful approach. I, that was my first, that was my first practice. Yeah. And that the kind of concentration that stabilizes there, it does tend to be the moment to moment concentration. Um, because you are kind of, and the Mahasi instructions are really notice the sensations of change in the breath. So, you know, you're, you're kind of noticing, um, dynamic changing experience in the breath. So it's a moment to moment noticing of a lot of different experience within a smaller field of attention. Um, and and the the other form of concentration, the more focused form of concentration, tends to at some point pick up on some really kind of specific aspect of the experience and stabilize with that. It's, it's, it, it uses it's, it essentially at some point picks up on a concept and stabilizes with the concept, so it gets really really still. So that form of concentration is not so much with direct experience, but has created an object in the mind to stabilize with. And we'll talk about more about that with right concentration. We'll go into, into that more in right concentration. Somebody said, thanks. Uh, I have to jump off, so bye. <laughs> other, other, oh, there's just enough time maybe for one more, one more question. Okay, well, it's, there's really only it's less than a minute left, so let me just take a moment to appreciate this time together, the value that it has, not only for ourselves, but for everyone we meet. The value of this exploration to diminish our reactivity is a benefit to ourselves, but it's also a benefit to all those we meet. So may our practice be of support to all beings. <laughs>